Welcome to Outside Perspective, guys. Does anybody remember that old Jamie Foxx stand-up? I think he was—he did that. It, it stuck with me my whole life. I care. It's been years since he put that out. It was an old, old stand-up. But I'd just be like, boom, nah, nah, nah. Ah, I'm silly, guys. I'm silly. Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. So glad you guys are here. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. Every week, twice a week. Typically, we're doing more solo cast now, so I'm not always sitting down with somebody interesting. Sometimes you guys just got to listen to me, but I'm sitting down with interesting humans from all walks of life, and we're just trying to gain some perspective. This week, I have a repeat listener, not a repeat listener, but a repeat guest. Before I get to the guest, big shout out to Jombo Superfoods. This episode is brought to you by them. You can go to jombocbd.com. Dot com. Check out their full line of cannabidiol products. They have topicals and sprays and they have drops and all of the goodies. And I use their products on a regular basis. Oh, and they just dropped an olive oil. Game changing. I absolutely love their ghee. Excuse me, guys. I absolutely love their ghee and MCT oil. And they just dropped an olive oil. Go check that out. Oh, my goodness. You can save 20% off of your order when you use the code outside. And they're always doing buy two, get one free. So throw two in your cart. That's how you get the best deal. Tell them I sent you by using my code outside. And uh, it's a win-win for everybody. So go check them out, man. They're using all high-quality ingredients. CBD is helping people in so many different ways, whether that's for their gut health or they're just trying to control inflammation. Or they're suck, they're fucking stressed out, and it's it helps with their anxiety. Whatever the case may be, it's helping people in many, many different ways. So go check them out, jombocbd.com. As always, we're brought to you by imposedwill.com. Go over to imposedwill.com, and you will save 10% when you use the code outside at checkout. We have a full line of apparel over there that you can get your hands on. So go help and support us there as well. My guest today is the motherfucking pretty boy, E.J. Brooks. (laughs) I've known E.J. for quite some time. He's been on the podcast before. Go check out our previous episode that we did. Let me see what episode that was, though, for you, because uh, I should have already had this guy's, should have had it ready for you, and I don't. What episode? Well, either way, the episode was fire. We talked a lot about, you know, if especially for parents, in, you know, sending their kids to school if they are getting scholarships or they are, you know, pursuing an athletic career in college. EJ has a lot of knowledge on that, and we, we talked about that quite a bit. That was episode 65. Uh, but this time we're back for a round two, and we have another amazing conversation. Uh, it's just always a good time to sit down you know, with, with the homies. So without any further ado, guys, welcome to the show, EJ Brooks. Clapped it up. Clapped it up. 
Phone's on silent. Is your phone on silent, EJ? My phone's over there on silent. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep my phone on me. We're, we're, we're going now, though. But, um, That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. Here we are again, my man. Yeah, we're back. We're, back. we're in the tanks training facility. The lion's den. The lion's den. Yeah. Up here, they got the wrestling academy. This is a sweet-ass spot, man. Yeah, yeah. Right my, here in your hometown. Uh, well, it's not my hometown. This is where oh, I live. Cahokia is your hometown. Yeah. Cahokia is my hometown. <laughs> but I, I love Granite City. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, my buddies, uh, Justin Valencia and Jay Gregson started this new wrestling program here at Tanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty rad, man. Um, so let's start with uh, with like the excitement of your last fight because that was a shit show, from what I can dude. tell, dude. Oh, so man. let's let's preface a little bit because were you where were you in the world? Where was that fight? Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, so that was here in the States, right? Yeah. Because before you, you were Spain and then Australia, right? Uh, Italy and Australia. Italy and then Australia, yeah. right? Same promotion? No. Different promotion. Yeah. Uh, okay, what happened to that promotion? How come you weren't at that same promotion again? Uh, well, actually, my contract just went up with them. Okay. So uh, I didn't get out till a couple of days ago when October kicked in. Oh. They were kind of trying to screw me. Where are they? Basically. Where are they based out of? Russia. Russia. Yeah. Goddamn Russians, EJ. No, for real, dude. Like, <laughs> they sat me. They sat me for a year. Didn't give me a fight for a year. For okay? real? Yeah, for a year. It was a whole year between your. A whole year, dude. Whoa. And then they was like, "Okay, we got a fight for you. It's three months from now, but it's against a really tough Russian prospect in Moscow, Russia." And I was like, "What?" It smells like setup. I was like, I'm not finna come fight one of y'all steroid head, like PD juiced up dudes in Moscow, Russia. Where even if I do win, I might not make it home safely. Yeah, that's a thought I just had. You might not. You might yeah. go missing. Yes, black guy think he comes here and beat us. Will not happen. <laughs> like, like nah, bro. Holy shit! The last guy you fought was Russian, right? No, Australian. He was Australian? The dude in Italy was Russian. Oh, yeah. and that was like a big roided ass dude too. It's, dude, huge. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Fucking giant slayer, bro. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. Although Moscow would be pretty sweet. At, like, yeah. I said, a free I, trip to Moscow? Dude, I was like, I'll go. Just give me somebody else. We got all these dudes on the roster. Why you try to keep feeding me the Russians? And I'm 2-0 and against tough rushes, and I think they knew that. It was, you know, trying to give me the Apollo Creed treatment. Yeah. What happened, man? <laughs> uh, so um, what, what promotion was this last one, then? I ain't even going to say their name. Oh, okay. Because I don't even – they made me that mad. Well, yeah. let's not give them any, let's not give them any uh, press. But So what happened with the whole ordeal? Because from the outside looking in, I mean, everything looked like it was going well. You fucking – you went to Oklahoma. Who would you have as your corner? Uh – Mike Rogers, Jeff Henry, and Kirk Huff. Okay, yeah, I knew Huff was with you. Yeah, the solid. Uh, Kirk is amazing, dude. He's so dependable. Oh yeah. Yeah, like he, anytime I gotta go anywhere, like he just available, just drop everything and go. He's always down to yeah. go. Yeah, I gotta like, it's like, oh, man, do I got the kids this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, you're there, and then out of nowhere, it's just like like hours before the fight. Hours before. It's like, oh hey, sorry guys, I'm not fighting. So. Walk, like what happened? Tell me what happened. Okay, <clears throat> so um, weeks before the fight, I got hurt. Okay, what what you hurt? Uh, I, well, I heard a bunch of stuff, but uh, I'm not even gonna disclose what it was, just because it's still kind of like mm. ailing me, and I might take another fight and it my 
No one needs to know what it was. Still healing up. Yeah. So, um, basically, you know, doctor, I went to see a doctor, and the doctor was like, yo, you shouldn't fight. And in my head, I was like, dude, I could beat this dude hurt. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's tough, but I've beaten better guys in worse conditions. Like, I've been drastically out of shape. I've actually been hurt worse than I was and beaten better guys. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to miss this payday. So um, basically, my management got a hold of the promoter and said, hey, EJ's hurt. Uh, he's been uh, asked to pull out by the doctor, but he's not going to because he wants to fight. So basically, I'll say it was a lower body injury. Yeah. Well, why even communicate that if you're going to fight anyway? Be, getting to what I'm going to say. Okay. So it was a lower body injury, and I couldn't really do much cardio. You hurt your dick, didn't you? Stop it. Fucking <laughs> 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 oh, big dick ranger, yeah, yeah, yeah. giving it out to the new wife. Oh, man. Sprained his dick. He yeah. sprained his dick. What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, man, you tripping. So um, I couldn't do much cardio, and... We knew it was going to be an issue because the way I make weight, I run. Yeah. So we asked for a catch weight. Like I said, this is weeks. 65? Uh, 75. We meet at 70. Okay. So it was only like five pounds. And they was like, all right, cool. And uh, so they was like, okay, non-title fight, uh, you know, catch weight. And we were like, all right, cool. So we get down there. Everything's on. Um, I'm having a hard time making it because you know i'm hitting mids i'm rolling but i'm just like oh man if i could just get on this treadmill and run this out like i would i would be good like that's what you do yeah you know and then once you break from your routine you kind of freak out because you don't know what you should do to get this weight off and i hate sitting in the sauna i'm like i don't want to sit in the sauna let me just work it off let me work it off let me work it off so anyway uh make weight and how much did you have to lose at that point like how much did you cut i only cut like 22 only 22? Only 22. How, much, how much of that was water? All 22? No, I'd say about 15. Okay. Yeah. So, um, like I said, the weight cut really wasn't an issue. It was just, so, it was annoying because I was hurt at the same time, and it wasn't going to be as simple as it usually is. Yeah. Yeah, your whole protocol's thrown off. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when you cutting weight, like, everything's annoying. You freak out about everything. Everybody gets on your nerves and this and that. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes every ounce of patience yeah. Just to like have a normal we, we day. We PMSing, basically, <laughs> dude, all day. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and shout out to my my wife for uh, dealing with me during my my weight cut week. Yeah, because I I know I was not nice for real. Is she like? Is she? Does she? Um, is she like supportive in the way of uh, like when you're cutting weight? Does she like eat what you eat and like? Oh yeah, definitely. She kinda was kind of on the same shit with you. She was you. cooking my meals. Yeah. Uh, packing me snacks. Like she was. It, it was nice, man. I, I'd never had that before, you know. Yeah. So well, it just takes a whole load off. You can yeah, just focus on really. training. Yeah. I didn't like I said. She, I told her what I needed. She's like, okay, boom. I make this, this, and that. When do you want this? Do you want this right here? This fruit for this and this and that. I'm like, yeah, cool. So like I said, shout out to her for, uh, you know, being my number one. Yeah. So uh, make weight, do the face off, and then after you do the face off, you gotta. See the doctor, you know, mm -hmm. past the physical, which I was worried about that. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, man, you know. So luckily I got past the doctor. He cleared me. So we're signing paperwork, and I'm looking for the bout agreement. And uh, 
the lady was like, uh, oh, we'll have the bout agreement tomorrow at the fight. So you didn't sign this prior? like No, oh, not wow. the new one. We had to have a new one because when we moved it to a catchway, we had to have a new bout agreement. Oh, so it was originally 70, you moved it up to 75? Yeah. Okay. So, and it was like, and even when we, I forgot, like weeks ago when we changed it, they said, we'll have the new bout agreement at the fight. At the fight. At the fight. So we, you know, we didn't really think about that. So I said, I drive six and a half hours down to Tulsa. I cut over 20 pounds. I make weight. Uh, pass my physical, signing paperwork and this and that. She says, we'll have it the next day at the fight. So get the fighter check-in at six o'clock. Yeah. Six o'clock, feeling good. Show up to the arena with my corner, Mike, Jeff, Kurt. And I'm like, where's my body agreement? The lady hands me this paper. At the top of the paper, it's the original bout agreement, but it's scratched out like the zero, then they make it a five. What's, what zero? With, oh, for the Once weight. It, well, for the weight. Did they initial it? No. Not even, they didn't even do that. And I'm just like, this looks janky. I'm like, you literally couldn't have went and typed up a new one and altered it. and like You should it. have that document saved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this this looks janky. You yeah. know? I'm like, I'm not signing that. That was my first thought. That was the first thing I saw. So I was like, let me keep examining this. And I think they thought, like, maybe I'm an African-American and, oh, he ain't going to look at it. He ain't going to read it. He's just going to sign it. <laughs> like, no, man, I'm I'm, a re- I'm educated. I'm going to read this. So <sighs> Fighters are stupid for the most yeah, part. Yeah, some of them are stupid. Yeah. yeah. So I'm reading it and then it's like, oh, and it was like, and it still had title fight. And I was like, we're not fighting for the title. Oh, she's like, oh, yeah, I know, I know. And then she took the pen from me and scratched out title. And I said, okay, uh, man, I'm not signing this. Y'all got to give me a new document. So then the promoter came up. I was like, what's wrong with this? I'm like, look, everything. I was like, you scratched out the zero, made it a five. You scratched out non-title fight. Like, this is stupid. And then you still got five, 500 rounds on it. He's like, well, you are fighting five. I'm like, what, what? Not, not if it's not a title. I was is it like, the main event? Yeah, they got to that. So I was like, uh, I thought this was a three, five-minute round fight. And he was like, no, no, uh, we we changed it to a catchweight, but we wanted to keep it a non-title fight. Well, I was like, my management, my coaching staff, and myself were all under the impression for the last few weeks that this was a non-title fight, three, three five-minute rounds, which is a basic standard pro fight right so it it was supposed to be a title fight five five fives uh-huh. at 170 uh-huh. brought it to a catch weight at 175 uh-huh. dropped it down to three fives non-title fight that's what we were given the impression that was the understanding that was the understanding yeah. okay so uh the the promoter's like man you guys are the main event you know this is fight pass and blah blah i'm like well, look, man, uh, we could still be the main event. I mean, this ain't the biggest promotion in the world where, okay, you you make 100000 or 200000 for being a non-title fight in yeah. five, five, I'm making five to 7000 max tonight. Oh, yeah. You do, know do, they, do they still do the five fives for the main events? In the UFC? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that makes sense because you're making that UFC Make money. You're paying. Yeah. I mean. I'm like, dude, we ma- I'm making five to seven max tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not doing – and I'm hurt, by the way. Yeah. So it's not like I'm in, f- f- uh, like, my best physical condition to go five. I'm trying to muster through these three, Yeah. you know? And then you're trying to tell me I need to go another two? I'm like, that's not what we signed up for. Yeah. So um, – He's like, well, he's not going to go for that. I'm like, why wouldn't he? I'm like, who makes weight and then doesn't fight? Yeah. Because I'm not saying I'm not going to fight. I'm just saying we're just going to have a regular fight. 
Yeah, you're just you saying know? less rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A main, a basic fight. Yeah, standard MMA. So, uh, he's like, oh, look, look, that you know, I, I didn't tell it to your manager. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna call him. So I call my managers, and they're like, what the hell? Blah blah. They're like, put him on the phone. So they put him on the phone, <laughs> and like, they got the snapping on him. And he was like, oh, I never said it was three. So we uh, were walking to the back. I get my camp. We're walking to the back. And his locker room, he was already in the locker room with his team. As we're walking up, like, I can't, I can't even make this up. As we're walking up, I don't think he realizes that we're actually on our way there. The door is open, and we hear somebody in his camp say, I don't know who it was. I don't think it was him. We hear somebody in his camp go, uh, a standard fight benefits him because we're not, we're not going to be able to deal with his wrestling for the first two rounds. Oh, so they're trying to drag you into deep waters, yeah. exhaust you out. Yeah, which I had figured that anyway. Yeah. But then they just gave us confirmation. Mike heard them say that. Jeff heard them say that. And Kirk, heard, we all heard them say yeah. that as we're walking up. So I was like, okay, yeah, they just gave away why they want the five-round fight no matter yeah. what. It's so, a valid strategy. Yeah, definitely valid strategy. And honestly, I still almost did it. But it was one of those situations where my manager was like, look, we trained for three. We got hurt. We got asked to pull out by the doctor. You showed up anyway. You know, we came for a three-round fight. If they don't want a standard fight and they have openly and obviously admitted that they need an advantage to beat you, we not taking this fight. Yeah. So we argued, I mean, back and forth, back and forth. And they were like, how about four rounds? Or how about uh, four four four-minute rounds? And I'm like... Four four-minute rounds? That's silly. Yeah, that, that don't even make sense. That's 16 minutes. That's one more minute than a three, five-minute fight. But, you know, yeah. But they, they, they were trying to play the win of, yeah. of round by round. Here's what was funny. His coach said four four-minute rounds. Before I could even process the idea of a four-round fight, I'm literally a split second after his coach says, how about four-minute rounds? The promoter turns to me and says, yeah, and if it's a draw, you guys can come back and fight for the title when you're healthy. And oh, I was, so that's the game they're playing. I was like, oh, okay, so basically if EJ's winning, we're going to say it's a draw. Yeah. And if he's losing, he just lost. Yeah. And I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. <sighs> that's that hometown cooking, bro. Yeah. So, and basically that's what it came down to. So I, I said, you know what, uh, tell him to come out. I'm like, I'm not talking to his coaches. I'm not talking to the promoter. I'm not talking to his managers. You, me and him. So I, I brought him out. And everybody was, like, his whole camp was, like, kind of freaking out. They thought I was going to, like, do something. And I was like, no, nah, man, man to man, face to face, got in his face. I got in his face. All right? I was like, look, man, I drove six and a half hours. I was like, your team and your management seen a doctor's note preferring that I don't show up. But I'm here asking you. Do you want to fight? I'm in your face right now, man to man. Looking this dude in the eyes. Yeah. He's shaking. Like he's shaking. Like, yeah. I'm like, this, I can see. I'm like, this dude don't want to fight. Mm. Like, I was thinking, honestly, he didn't even want me to take the five. Oh, really? I could tell. I was like, dude. Should have just took the five and finished him in one. To be honest, I was about to do it. And then my management was like, don't do it. Because in my career, 
I've taken at least two fights where I was obviously set up. Yeah. And I felt I could win anyway. Yeah. And I I, I left with a bad loss. One of those in Canada, yeah. right? That one and the one in uh, South America. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, not finna do this again. Well, like I said, I was actually finna fight. Yeah. I'm a fighter. I'm just ready to get in there and throw it out. Yeah. And my man was like, no, nah, dude, you're on a five-fight win streak. You can't risk all the work you've put in over the last couple of years. Yeah, man. Like, coming to a halt because you finna be set up. So, uh, basically, I get up and I tell everybody to come around the state, the commissioner, his team, my team, and I said, EJ Brooks is standing right here asking and being ready to fight a three-round standard pro fight. Do you want to fight? His coach said four or five. Once again, EJ Brooks is saying he wants to fight a standard pro fight, which is three five-minute rounds. Do you want to fight? His coach says, you heard what we said. So then I turned to his locker room and looked at the dude, and then he put his head down. I said, once again, and I said the dude's name. I'm not going to pump his name up. I said, do you want to fight EJ Brooks in a standard three five-minute round fight? He didn't say anything. His coach said, you heard what we said. I said, okay. If he don't want to fight, he don't want to fight. Then the referee, the guy who's supposed to be officiating our fight, yeah. gets in my face and says, a real fighter would fight any fight. Dude, before I could even react, Mike Rogers, my coach, dude, jumped in and said, get the F out of my fighter's face. And this dude, literally, I think you need to check his pants. He might have shit himself. Probably shit himself. Dude. Yeah. Mike's a scary man. Mike's a big dude. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, bro. I had a warm, fuzzy feeling. (laughs) And I was like, man, this this must be what my kids that I coach, you know, feel like when I take up for them. Yeah. You know, like when a coach says something out the way and I got to check them. Or if uh, an official makes a call and I go and defend them. Yeah. And I was like, man, Mike had my back. Yeah. Because it, it it showed like everybody was against me. So then Mike was like, "We're out. We're done." That was the, that was it. He made the final call because it was obvious the commission was against me. Yeah. And then the guy who's refereeing our fight just came and got in my face like I was the one. Yeah. So like you're probably bought off or something. So then that was it. So as we're walking off, I said, "Hey, if he changes his mind." I'll be upstairs because the arena was right next to the hotel. I was like, I'll be upstairs in my room. Just calm me down. I'll wrap my hands and get in there and do work. And you don't even need hand wraps, really. Yeah, for real. Well, at least you had, like, the team there to – well, one, just for the support because, obviously, like, this hostile environment. Yeah. But as fighters, like, we don't have this thing in our mind where, like, we'll protect ourselves. Right. It's like, yeah. Who? When? Let's fight. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. So you need those people to be like, whoa, EJ, what are you doing, bro? Like, we can't do this fight. Like your manager said, you've already worked your ass off to get these five wins in a row, right? You've already taken these setup fights. Like, you've already had a battle back from all of this. Now, I know you're willing to fight right now. It's just not the move, dude. Like, right. long term, we got to think long term right now because at the end of the day, like, we're not spring chickens anymore. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not getting any younger. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, man. That's a hell of a fucking situation, dude. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I'm just it like, sucked. damn, it dude. It sucks so bad, man. And I just don't see how dude can call himself a man. There's, there's no way. There's no way a guy in my weight class yeah. can get in my face, even respectfully, like I did. I respectfully asked him, like, yo, man, you want to fight? 
And I say no. That's not even a situation that would happen. I would never openly admit, hey, I need some kind of advantage to beat you. No, man. There's just not a human being in this world that I don't think I would. Like, I mean, there's obviously some people who are just like next level shit. But it's, I, just, I just don't see anybody. Like, why would you not take the fight? Especially if the dollar amount's right. <laughs> yeah. If you think you're the best in the world, you, you fight everybody. We've already made weight. We're already here. Yeah. We're already here. Your mama out there, your girlfriend out there. I think uh, that's what it was. His mom was there. His girlfriend was there. Yeah. Where in his Oklahoma hometown, was this? Tulsa. Tulsa. You know, Tulsa. he you know, he looked like Drake. So, oh. you know, down there, you know, like, it's not a lot of real black people. So, like, he's the black guy down there. So, then a real black guy came down there. And he was about to <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. There's more black people in Tulsa than you. So, man, my ex There's a lot of Native Americans down there. Man. There's a lot of those in Oklahoma, but in Tulsa specifically. Have you ever heard of Black Wall Street? Oh, dude. So my ex-wife, her family is like from Tulsa and they have a very like historically like well-known black high school there. I think it's called Booker T. Washington. Like they send so many D1 kids from like for football, that program. But they used to have this community. It was a very like strong black community. It was called Black Wall Street. And it was just like you see today, like in Chinatown or these different things where everybody's supporting themselves, right? Like keeping it in the community. They were one of the wealthiest communities in the country. But then you had all these, like, poor, like, white people on the other side of the railroad tracks literally, like, didn't like that. So then there was, like, two or three days. Like, look this up. Like, there's, like, two or three days of just riots and just just fucking tearing it down, bro. Like, tearing down the whole community, killing all these black people. It was, like, a very thriving community. And then it just got ripped down because, well, black people can't do better than us. Yeah. I mean, that was the thought for, the, the, like, for those white people in that, in that time. Like, that's crazy shit. That's, that's wild. Yeah, man. So I say that just to say, I think they do have a strong black community there. I think they moved out. <laughs> you think that, they all left? After that one. You know, I visited Tulsa. It's not a place I'd want to live. Wow, there's nothing exciting down there's there. There's nothing going on there. Yeah. nothing going on there. Maybe Oklahoma City. I don't even know if I'd want to live there either. I've never been to Oklahoma City. I've only been there. I've just driven through it a few times. Yeah. Driven through. I want to go see the Oklahoma City bombing site. You remember that? Oklahoma yeah, City bomb? Yeah. yeah, dude, they got a whole memorial there. Like, you know, how they do, like, the 9-11 towers. Yeah. They got one there, too. Yeah, I'm not too interested in that. <laughs> God rest their souls. You've had your fill of Oklahoma, huh? Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, that's a hell of a situation. Well, onward and upwards, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm just staying ready and hoping I get a uh, late call before my wrestling season starts next yeah, month. Yeah, dude, wrestling season starts next month. So, like, once you start wrestling season, it's just a hold on fighting for the next three, four, about four months. Four months or so. Yeah. Like, I mean. Three months, and then it'll take me a month to get into shape. So, yeah. yeah. You just try to stay in shape while you're wrestling. That's like easier wrestling. said than done, man. Like,. I mean, well, the thing is, that's why I say it only takes me a month. Like, I'll I'll stay in shape range. Yeah. And then it takes, like, four hard weeks to get ready to fight. Yeah. Well, you have such, like, you have some uh, phenomenal athletes on your team, right? Especially some of the bigger kids are pretty good. So, I I mean, you should have some, like, pretty good guys. Yeah, I got one of my kids. He should be ranked number one this year. Well, wait. I think he'll probably, I think he's going to end up going 82, but he'll come in ranked number one or two if he's at 95 he'll probably be number two if he's at 82 i think he'll be number one okay yeah yeah man that's strong yeah. who was that you guys had a, is she still there you had a girl is there a, like a really strong girl wrestler at cahokia uh not anymore we had a girl named jacob not <laughs> jacob bullock who was my state champ last year his sister Corey bullock she's at mckendry and she's like 
placing at world tournaments. And she stuff is, like yeah, she yeah. has placed at worlds, right? Yeah. Okay, so she's no longer. She's at McKendry now. Yeah, she's uh, a sophomore, I think, this year. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. okay. Solid fucking program, though, yeah. dude. Is it hard to recruit kids, like from Cahokia for wrestling? No, uh, we have a good middle school program. Uh, Coach Ford and my buddy Nick Deloach, uh, they do a good job of recruiting kids. And the youth football club is always pushing kids into youth wrestling. Oh, that's so like good. We, we got a good thing going. You know, we, we tell them, hey, go football, wrestling, track, or football, basketball, track. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, you don't see that a lot where you're seeing, like, uh, one team try to, like, push kids into another sport. I remember whenever I was in high school, like, I don't think – well, I had, like, my – my line coach, he he, who was also like the wrestling coach, so he would try to get kids in there. Yeah. But like as a whole, it wasn't like a thing where like the football coaches were like, "You should go do wrestling because it'll make you better for this." I just feel like they thought it was just all about this sport and like, or well, this season's over now. You need to like lift with the football team and just do all off season stuff with the football team as opposed to like cross training. Yeah, that's actually how I got in my freshman year. I couldn't tackle, and uh, the football coach introduced me to the wrestling coach and was like, you need to go out. It'll make you tougher. You, know? you played football and soccer? My freshman year, I just played football. Okay. And then later, I played soccer. And then you switched to soccer. Yeah. Soccer's a better move anyway, dude. It was. Way better move. It it's better for your brain. I mean, at least save it for well, fighting. Well, I mean, I, I played, I mean, at Cahokia, dude, I was not, I mean, we, like, we, we'd have three running backs, okay? And... The starter is probably top five in the state, and then the two guys behind him could be top five if they were the starter. Then, <laughs> then you had me, and, I'm, and I wasn't bad. I'm like, if I if I'm in another school, I'm a stud. But it was just like we were too good back then. Like when I was in school, I think we had eight years straight of nine and zero regular seasons. Really? Yeah. There's a strong concentration of athletes in a very small area, like between like Cahokia, East St. Louis. Louis. Yeah. yeah, like there's We're right next door to each other. Yeah, I mean yeah. I mean East St. Louis, the what the, the Flyers, is that yeah, what yeah Flyers, they're yeah. nationally ranked every year. <laughs> like, in football. Yeah, like yeah. in football in particular, like they're fucking savages. Just super fast. What's yeah. that from? <laughs> It's from what they have and what moves there. Yeah. Basically, I mean, if we're being real, you know, they, uh, I mean, they got some of the best athletes just walking the streets. Yeah, dude. And then you'll have a guy from Belleville or whatever who his team isn't that great, but, you know, he wants to get that exposure. Yeah. So if he transfers to East St. Louis, okay, I'm a star receiver at Belleville. I play for East St. Louis and I'm playing on ESPN high school like yeah shown game like i'm gonna get seen so a lot of kids do that yeah it's so interesting how i mean just like in the hood there's just i almost want to say like olympic level athletes just walking around not doing shit with their lives <laughs> it's, it, it's true it's the craziest shit there was this guy i went uh, like i went to school with and um he probably was held back a couple times <laughs> 17-year-old freshman. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. But he was that deal. He was one of the best running backs I've ever seen in my fucking life. But he was just, like, caught up in that life, man. And then <clears throat> I think today, like, he's probably in and out of jail a few different times. He's kind of living that basic story. But it's just like, dude, you could have – if you just would have been on the straight and narrow, if you would have had just, like, some sort of guidance. Or, or, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I wasn't the toughest guy in my hood. I wasn't the best athlete. I wasn't the smartest. There were a ton of guys who had more potential. They just didn't want it. Yeah. You know? just And it, what would have killed me is, like, I'll be back in the hood, and I'll see certain guys who had more potential, you know, more talent, more people backing them than I did. And they'll, they'll I'll see the resentment in their face towards me because of the success that I've had because I chose to, you know, make the right decisions, work hard, and do something with myself instead of squandering, like, my potential like they did. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm just happy you got a job and you're not in jail. Yeah. You know, like, don't be upset with me because you chose not to maximize your potential. Yeah. And again, I mean, that's just that scarcity mindset, dude. Yeah. It's just like they see, like, what they probably could have been in you, like, to a degree. Yeah. And then it's like, well, why can't I do that? And then they just start hating on you. Like, yeah. ego takes over. They just start feeling bad about themselves. So instead of, like, taking a hard, honest assessment, they're just like, man, fuck that guy. Like, Dude, honestly, <laughs> I get so mad when someone says, man, you went to college. You won a national championship in wrestling, man. You was real good. I mean, I should have wrestled. I get pissed when I hear people say that. I don't act like it. But to me, that says, oh, if he did it, I know I could have done it. Right. As if I ain't shit. As, as if, if you didn't, like, work for it. Yeah, like, I ain't work for it. I ain't had no talent. I ain't, you know, uh, bust my butt and grind to get to where I was. And that anybody could have done it if they if if I did it. Right. That's, that's what I heard when they say that to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one way to look at it. Maybe it's also, like... If we're just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, it's like, well, they see your opportunity and they're like, then it, like it's it's real, because sometimes I feel like, especially when you come from a community where you don't see a lot of success and you don't see what's out there, then it's just not real. But then all of a sudden they see you do it and they're like, oh man, like yeah. I could have done something and I just didn't realize I could have done something. Yeah. Yeah, man. So do you, is that something you have to deal with? Like, imagine it is, right? Like, kids and hard, like, lifestyles and, like, you have to, like, get in kids' lives and shit. And, and well, I don't say have to. I think I get to. You know, that was well, the whole reason about a better way to put going, it. going home, you know. Uh, my people, somebody asked me the other day about what's my, my dream job. Like, if I could have any job, I could be doing anything. I said, I'm doing it. I was like, my, my goal was to come back, mentor kids, and coach, and be the head coach of my hometown high school. And yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I achieved that at 31, 32 years old. And, you know, my kids, I grew up in these streets. I know what you're going through. Yeah. I know the temptations you have. You know, I know the, the, the things that you're dealing with at home, you know, and I can relate to you and I can show you how to get out of it, how to handle those situations. There's not much my kids can come to me with that I haven't seen or experienced myself. Yeah. You know, and it, and I can just tell, like, I'm making a difference just from that standpoint alone. Yeah, it helps you young, too, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you look young, you are young, yeah. but, like, you, you look young, and then, like, it makes it more relatable. Like, yeah. you have an understanding. I saw a post the other day. I don't know if it was a meme or if, it, if somebody shared it from a, from a coach, but it, it was, like, this long thing, and it was, like, uh, the coach said, 
you know, I fucking, you know, I'm, I'm checking your kids social, like I'm checking with them in class, like I'm making sure they're getting homework done, like we're doing practice, like I'm making sure I'm taking them to we- like to games on the weekends or whatnot, like, you know, I'm, I'm some, sometimes I'm, I'm feeding them, like I'm taking them home, I'm picking them up, like you're doing a laundry list of Literally, things I as a coach that. I do that, that like a parent would probably yeah. do or should do or you would hope would do, and then it, and then at the end it was like. Oh, and I'm sorry, I called the wrong play. Like, like yeah. <laughs> you know, in a yeah. oh, <laughs> in a game. You know what I mean? Like, Man, it's like yeah. I'm working. Like, I'm trying to make sure they have good grades and they're getting their homework in and like they're getting college applications in. And it's like, sorry, I called the wrong play. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I made your son bump up, or sorry, I didn't wrestle your kid because he skipped class. And you know, teaching these kids how to be men and yeah. how to be ready for the world. You know, yeah. it's, it's a whole lot more. And just going out there and being an athlete. Yeah, you know? and it's unfortunate, but I mean, you're probably the only father figure some of these kids have. Most of them. Yeah, most of them, right? You know, honestly, you know, I was. That was one of the things I was looking forward to, coming back home, was. Not gonna say like lack of parent support because we do have parent support, but where I was at before, there were a lot of parents who would try to tell us how to do our job. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't going to have that here. Like, the moms trust me to be the man directing their children. And so do the fathers who are involved. They're like, hey, you know, he been a knucklehead since he turned 13. You know, coach, I hope you got him. And I'm like, I got this. Yeah. You know, you got any questions? Ask me. Yeah. You know, he say something that don't sound right? Ask coach. You know? Yeah. And... Cause you know it's I think it's great if those kids do have a dad in their life, but it, some of those dads maybe didn't have a dad and they don't know how to be a dad. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like they need you for that, like to be a strong male, because they're not. They're not the. They're not the alpha. You're yeah, fucking yeah. alpha, and they're not. Yeah, I would say that. Alpha. <laughs> a lot of betas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, that's a hell of a uh, responsibility, man. Especially like since you like actively I, I seek that, it. I yeah. Like, it, yeah. You, and I think you said it perfectly. Like, you get to, and yeah. I think that says everything about your mentality because some people might view that as a burden, but that's why you came home to do it. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like not to like talk about religion and stuff like that because you know everybody believes in yeah, a dude, god. Talk about no, whatever you want, dude. A god, no god, uh, multiple gods, and I always say, at the end of the day, I know I'm a good guy. Yeah, you know, I'm not perfect. And I feel like when I go to the afterlife, whoever meets me where I go, they're going to say, how did you give back? What did you do to help others? That's what I feel. Yeah. You know, and I just feel like I was put on this earth to have purpose. And my purpose was to lead men. Yeah. You know, and young women because I have a girl on my team, you know. So I just feel like, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm making a difference. You know, I don't just, you know, just work like I, I work to help others. Yeah. yeah, that's powerful, man. Like, yeah. you you need to have a purpose. And so many people don't know what their purpose is. Or even, they, they don't even know where to begin to find a purpose. And you've already found it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's powerful. It really is. Because kids need that, dude. Kids really need that. So, <sighs> we're just going to go off in this fucking this rabbit hole, bro. Okay. Because, I mean, you look we talk about it all the time. But, like, I mean, you look around, I mean... The black community is just it's it's a fucking wasteland when it comes to father figures in the home. There's so many black households who don't have a strong male role model by design, right? Yeah. Like let's yeah. just be real. It's by design, it's by yeah. fucking design. Because I read a book and it wasn't a good book, but it was uh it 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 it, it 
served as like a good thought experience, like a good thought exercise because like it made me think about some things and it was called, um, I think it was like breaking the curse of, uh, was it Willie Lynch? Someone Lynch. And it was, it was, it was basically, so like whenever, uh, you know, when we had slaves and they were trying to essentially tame them and like break the mentality of, of like the black man. And there was like these steps of doing it. And the book was basically talking about like these lingering psychological effects from like all these years ago that still happen today. And like one of the processes that happened for breaking, uh, for like taming people, you know, slaves, black people, was what they would do is they would completely demasculate the man in front of the woman and the children either by like raping them, beating them, you know, just yeah. fucking them up all of the above to the point of death, not death, but to the point of death. And then like, so then it just puts the fear of God in these, you know, in the woman and the children. And then what they do is once they have that control over the woman and children, then they get rid of the male, right? They sail him off, they kill him, whatever, they get rid of him, right? So then now the woman has to step up and that's the strong like that's the strong like that's the foundation of the family and you see that today you yep. can't in every black household big mama is the motherfucking like that's the foundation mom is the foundation for the most part and then to protect her kids the mother would like especially the young men tell them to be tame right like completely shut down their masculinity because she wants to protect her baby and like keep them alive right to survive yep. in this world so you see like this psychological thing that like has carried over to where like okay there's no chains physically but like mentally you you kind of see that structure there where there's not a strong like uh there's not like a strong like masculine identity in a lot of men and a lot of that was like bred out by like the women out of like a, a real sense of like it was, there was a need there but then once we did away with slavery, like, okay, the chains are right there, but then now we just call them criminals, right? We just, we just, all of a sudden now we have all these cops and then now you're a felon. And then now we're taking the, 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 the blackmail out of the home in that way, right? Like they're all going to fucking jail for nonviolent drug offenses. And then now you're a fucking felon. You can't vote and you have no fucking rights. The can't get a job. The 90s and stuff like that. And crack. Now it's legal. Yeah, dude. Like, well, in crack. And like, I mean, that was, that was brought in by the fucking the CIA like that was a CIA funded operation to help with like a war so it's like so there's obviously these things it was by design right to to break a, like to break apart the like the family dynamic right so it's, it's just this whole fucking just like this wasteland and communities where they're missing strong male role models and in the home they don't have this nucleus of a family and then if they are fortunate enough to to have a male role model, some of them don't really know how to be a man because maybe they weren't raised by a man. So it's just like it's just this vicious cycle, dude. You know what I mean? It's like it's fucking crazy. Nah, you're right. Nothing. Got nothing for me. No, I mean, you, you basically. <laughs> said I know. I just I went on the rant, dude. But yeah. it's, it's just it's fucking crazy, dude. It's crazy. It really is by design. People want to act like it's not by design. I was just talking about uh, somebody about this the other day. You know, <clears throat> if you have state uh, aid housing. It's called Section 8. The You're not supposed to have a male living in a house with you. So they'll give a woman and her children a house yeah. and tell her, hey, you're not supposed to man, have a man staying there. So basically what happened is the boyfriend will be there or the baby daddy will be there. 
And when the state is coming to check it out, he's got to pack his stuff up and leave. I did not know that. They'll come in. Well, I know because I was a kid raised in one of those houses. <laughs> so, like, oh, okay, well, boyfriend got to pack his stuff up and leave. And they'll come in and look to see if a man's been living there. What? Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Well, it's interesting because in a lot of these, <coughs> um, like, shelters and different things, like, they'll only take women and children at nighttime. Like, what, you can't be, like, a homeless dude with a kid because they won't take you. You know what I mean? It's like, for some reason, men, were, like, we're not attributed to these, like, nurturing qualities, but they're there. Like, we all have them. <laughs> it's real. I'm probably more nurturing than a lot of females. Like, it's... <laughs> it's crazy how many advantages women have, but they... they I'm not even I'll fucking go there, dude. <laughs> I'll fucking go there because people want to be equal, but people don't really want to be equal. Yeah. It, it It's really weird. It's really weird. And then, like, don't get me started on, like, the gender pay gap because I know I piss people off with that because I, I probably lean more conservative than liberal when it comes to that. But it's like there's not really a, a pay gap. Because like, the way that, that statistic is read, because well, it's like 80 cents to the dollar, I think they say a woman makes to a man. But that, but they present that as if a man and a woman are sitting next to each other doing the same job and the woman's getting 80 cents an hour or 80 cents to the dollar that the man is doing. But it's an average. And men tend to make more because they tend to do more dangerous jobs. They tend to um, uh, they tend to work uh, when 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 we're seeing the transition, because you have a lot of professional women, but often a lot of women will stay home and, and do like the family thing and the nurturing thing and have the kids and they won't, like the career isn't the priority for them. So like there's all these different factors so that way it averages out to be that. It's not really like they're doing the same job yeah. and they're getting paid less for the exact same job. I mean, let's say this. If I'm working, I'm, I'm a pretty decent looking guy. If I'm working at a club and I'm a VIP waiter or, like, host or whatever, and there's a very attractive woman walk around in the outfits they wear. Some scantily clad yeah. outfits. Who do you think is going to get more business? If if people walk in, even other women, and they wanted to be served by someone, and they, they're going to tip heavy, who do you think they're going to go to? Me or her? Exactly. They're going to go to her. They're going to go to her. Yeah. And like I said, even women for the most part. And, uh, and like, you'll, you'll have women, like, you'll just go to, like, social media, Instagram. If I post a pic with my shirt off, six-pack and off, I got it. All right? I ain't got, <laughs> got it right now. <laughs> you know, handful of likes. Woman posts, not even with her shirt, like, you know, just a top, and she looks nice. She's getting thousands of likes, thousands of followers, Dude, stuff like that. Oh my and then God. people get paid for stuff like that. Yeah. And We're in the era of the Instagram model. Yeah, we both just posted a picture of us topless for the most part you actually made money for it yeah you know and it's because you're a woman or someone who looks like a woman because these days you never know yeah or if you go out i mean they don't usually let guys in to the to the bar for free no they definitely don't no no yeah. the woman always gets it for free yeah. drinks for free drinks gets for, free, for free gets it for free yeah it's not they got it so bad so so bad dude yeah. Also, I think Bill Burr had one of the best examples of it. I he, love Bill Burr. Dude, he said, he goes, he said something. It's like, well, why do you get get more? Well, because if the ship goes down, we was talking about the Titanic, yeah. when it goes down, the women and the children get on the boat, and I'm expected to fucking sit here when it goes down. Like, yeah. that's for real, dude. Like, when all yeah. shit hits the fan, 
Women and children out. Yeah. The men have to stay here and yeah. eat the shit. And per- someone breaks in the house. I'm not gonna tell you to go see what that was. I gotta go put my life on the line yeah, to go do it. Exactly. You know, you want to be my equal? Okay. Well, hey, actually, Bill Burr said that in one of his stand-ups. He was like, "Ah, right, you get the gun. <laughs> I'll be here. Wait, when you get back." <laughs> you know. He's fucking hilarious, dude. Yeah. Did you watch his new stand-up? Yeah, of course. Oh I god, it was so Dave. funny. Oh, dude, they made so many good points. I like Dave's point in the beginning of his stand-up when he was talking about Anthony Bourdain. The and how, guy. Yeah, he had he had the best job in the world. He flew all around the country. He fucking was a, an award-winning, um, like, uh, he had TV shows and, like, narration and all that. Got to interact with some of the best humans in the world and have some of the best foods, but he was miserable and he killed himself. And then, like, he, like, knew somebody else whose life sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just, he's just living. Yeah, never thought about killing myself. Yeah. I mean, but I guess people have mental issues and... I can't speak on something I can't understand because the idea of taking my own life, no matter. And I've been in some bad situations where I never thought I'd get out of, but taking my own life was not one of them. Taking somebody else's, yeah. Joking. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, no. Nah, but serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I wonder, you think that's because maybe you've dealt with so much struggle? I think struggle's necessary. Since day one. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> people, people in the hood don't kill themselves. It's people in the Hamptons that are killing themselves. People in the hood don't kill themselves. People in the hood don't really do mass shootings. Mass shootings. Didn't say they didn't shoot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> drive-bys. But, you know, it's just when you have struggled and had to appreciate everything you've gotten for the most part, you just see the value in life and the little things you have. And yeah. when you've had everything easy, to soon, as soon as cause you look at these, these superstars who, you know, they overdose because of depression like oh i'm having to make all this music and do all these movies and get paid millions and people just want me to keep performing and like yeah you got it bad you know there's there's a mom out there working two jobs by herself yeah having to put food on the table and a roof over the, uh, the head for her kids and she ain't talking about killing herself right how depressed she is yeah you know so i just it just blows my mind with these people and their problems sometimes yeah, man. I think struggle is just a necessary part of the human existence. And if you don't have it, that's when things go like off the rails. Because yeah. it doesn't, you don't have perspective. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're struggling all the time and you're just thinking about living and surviving, you don't think about killing yourself. You don't think mm-hmm. about like, oh, woe is me. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, life is hard, but then you're trying to do better. Like how can I get better? Like how can I... But when it's too easy, you know, everything's handed to you. And and I think that's why it's important to to find struggle, especially as you do become successful and you do start getting comfortable. Like, find ways to present struggle into your life, whether that's through, uh, like, you know, go fucking run a race, go do a 5K, work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Find, yeah. find a challenge to make yourself uncomfortable and present that struggle. Because I think we need daily struggle just as, as humans, as we need water, we need sunlight, we need air. We need struggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's real life struggle or it's just introduced struggle through athletics or what or whatnot. Yeah, I, I feel like when I'm done stressing, I'm probably gonna be dead. Yeah. You know, when I finally get to say, I'm dead. You know, so that'd be in the nursing home when I'm done. Yeah, I mean, you think you'll ever stop working? Like, I couldn't imagine. I always be doing something. I'm gonna call it working. I, I'll always be doing something. I'll be involved in something. Yeah. I don't care if I'm cleaning up the park as an old man, volunteering or something like that. Because like, I feel like as soon as you stop being active, 
Yeah. You know, that's when you that's when you go. Movement's the key to life. As soon as you slow down, I made a post the other day about like, what the fuck is retirement? Is that just when you're waiting to die? Like, I don't, I I don't know what retirement is. I don't know what this thing is. I I mean, I get what the idea of retirement is, obviously, but like, realistically, if you stop, like, okay, maybe you're not working that corporate nine to five anymore. If that was your jam, right? You save up your 401, you retired. Now what? What are you gonna do? Like, there's still more to life. There's you gotta find a purpose. Gotta find a purpose because once you don't got it, it's just like you just waiting. You you know, you get your thoughts in your head and it's just you and your thoughts and then all of a sudden you get depressed and you're like, Oh, what's my purpose? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <sighs> Man. And this it's okay to be sad sometimes too though. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I've been really sad. I, w- I wish I could say I've never thought about killing myself, but I honestly have before. Oh, yeah, dude. It's not a good thing to think about, but it's honest. Like, it's true, man. Like, whenever I was going through my divorce, man, it was a hard fucking time. I remember one time I had the gun in my hand. Like, I was just like, cause, like man, I could, just, I could just really just, like, put this in my mouth right now and just pull the trigger right now. I was sitting in the parking lot of the Galleria, actually. Really? Yeah, I was not in a good place. I seriously thought, I was like, man, well, I could I'm just... I'm glad you did, man. Your kids are too. <laughs> well, I thought about my kids, dude. Yeah. I just thought about realistically... Well, I mean, that's an easy out. Like, realistic. Like, like you have the thoughts. Like, I've had the thought, but I don't I don't think I was actually going to, like, really do it. Obviously, I didn't, because, like... Glad you weren't intoxicated. Yeah, it's not, it's not my jam. Yeah. But, I was, but I was just like, man, like... I, I I had the wherewithal to think about well it's not just me right like okay you're you're ending the like the suffering like temporarily, but then like that's just gonna cause this ripple effect. Yeah, I, you I just pass that to your kids. You know what yeah, made me think about it? Yeah. You like you know you know the you know Matt Colley? Yeah, yeah. Savage wrestler, right? Like yeah. every year he like posts like his his dad, um, kill you know, kill himself. I he, remember when that happened. Oh really? Because he was from my area. He was from Alton. And they were in our sectional. I wrestled his brother. He had a twin brother in yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was my senior year, their junior year. They uh, were a year behind me. Oh, okay. And it was like right before regionals or sectionals because it was like we were in the postseason. And that's the time like you really needed to focus and, you know, everything. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's that's nuts. Yeah. So I, 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 I've, I've, you know, I've, I, that's gone through my head several times. Like, I, like, it, he's a grown ass man. Like, still, it still hurts to this day. So I had that thought. I'm just like, man, like the ripple effects just like totally aren't worth it. And in hindsight now, like, it's like going through those hard moments. Uh, one of the things I've learned is like pain is like the greatest lesson. Whether it's like pain from a loss in a match. Whether it's like, uh, you know, you lost like a family member or, you know, you're going through a divorce. Like, whatever the, the struggle, the pain is, like, just let that shit wash over you and just, like, live It makes with, you. You grow, man. Yeah, man. Like, it's hard, but, like, live in that shit, man. Like, embrace I, the fucking pain and grow through it. And then and the, when you're on the other side, you're just so much better. I, I had uh, one of my wrestlers come to me this week. It was early this week. He was having uh issues with the person he was dating yeah well is dating or whatever's going on in the situation and he was distraught and i just sat him down like look dude like i was in high school you yeah. know i had a high school sweetheart you know that i thought i was gonna marry for like and be with for like the rest of my life happy and this and that and we broke up two or three times in high school off and on and i thought it was the end of the world every time i never thought i was gonna get over her and i look back at the guy I was back then think like man I was stupid oh yeah like you know like crying in a Weak. corner of my room <laughs> <laughs> you know like writing love letters leaving it in a locker you know and like I said it just I told him like hey man I've been there I know how you feel like you're gonna go off to college 
three, four, five years from now and be a mature adult in a great relationship with someone intelligent and you're going to look back and think about, why was I upset about that person yeah. not respecting me, not appreciating me, you know? And I, I told this kid, like, man, you're a good kid. You got a lot going for you. You're going places. And if the person you're dating in high school, the kid, because you're both kids still, yeah. if the kid isn't mature enough to see you know, what they got in front of them, that's their loss because you finna get up out of here and you finna do something with yourself. Yeah. You know. That's, that's, that's really cool that you're able to do that. I, I, so the ex-wife, like we broke up in high school and my coach told me, he's like, he's like, honestly, you're like, it's probably for the best. He told me, yeah. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, you don't know the fuck you're talking about. But I, looking back on it, he was 100% right. Like it really would have been for the best. Like if we probably would have ended it in high school. But I wonder if I would have accepted that better if I had somebody like a coach like you that like looked like me and it was like yeah. younger and I could actually relate to not like he was, he was an amazing human being. And like that coach is shaped my life for like ever, yeah. but there just wasn't you like, know, this, you guys didn't come from the same thing. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. the same relatability factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like to your point, man, you're, you're just a kid. You have no perspective. Your brain isn't fully developed. Yeah. Like it's definitely you're all these new emotions that you're trying to figure out how to handle. Like, I mean, I was there. Yeah. You, know? you don't even know who you yeah. are. You really you don't, don't know yeah. who you are. Like, you think you do, and you probably, some people more than others, you have a pretty good idea of, like, certain things about yourself, but you don't really become comfortable with yourself until you get out of high school, I feel like. High school is like this weird false ecosystem where people are pitted against each other because, you know, we got class ranks and then yeah. we got this click and that click and I'm in band and you're in football and you're a wrestler and it's yeah. everybody against everybody. And I was telling my brother the other day, and I'm probably going to like put something together on this, but the best thing, actually, I was telling my son this too, like make friends with everybody in high school. Like make friends with oh, everybody. I did. I did. Dude, that was, that was this little weird kid that would sit and read like Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball Z books with headphones on with a CD player. That's you know how long ago that was. <laughs> In a corner at lunch, he just sit there. And dude, I just started like grabbing my lunch and sitting on the floor next to him and talking to him because I watched Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh. So like I wasn't reading the books, the uh, the uh, the graphic novels. I wasn't doing all that. And like he thought it was the coolest thing ever. He didn't talk to anyone. And then I remember uh, my teammates started coming. So we would, like, sit on the floor, eat lunch with this dude every day. And one of my buddies, I was like, man, why would you start sitting with him? I was like, well, one, he looked like he needed a friend. You know, and why don't you do something good for somebody? I was like, and two, uh, when that kid comes and shoots up shoots school, up school like, he's probably going to be like, kak, kak, kak. <laughs> you better get, you better get that. Hey, bro, don't don't come to school uh, today. Yeah. Got you, fam. Yeah. <laughs> you might not want to come to school today. <laughs> Looking yeah, out, I'm gonna yeah, stay home. Yeah. I'm gonna stay home. But I mean, yeah. school shootings aren't funny, by the way. They're not. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. But my coach told me. You know, this is another thing. Like my coach told me, and it was probably true for him. But he said, like, look around. He's like, you probably won't talk to any of these people in ten years. Which, there is some truth to that. I don't really talk to anybody from high school. If it weren't for Facebook, like, you wouldn't talk to almost anyone that right. you graduated high school from. But he didn't have that foresight. He yeah. didn't know the world we live in today. Like, we're more connected than ever. Now, while I don't talk to any of these people. You communicate with a like. Oh. Communicate with a like. Yeah. Or, like, now that I'm doing this podcast and, like, I'm, I'm people that I went to school with, people move all over the country. And then you learn who you are and you become more of yourself. And then somebody you thought you maybe didn't have anything in common with 
10 years down the road, you feel like you learn, like, oh, shit, like, we are really similar. Like, we could probably connect. And now we're in the world to where, like, you can do business together or you can really do some shit. But he just didn't have that foresight. Yeah. And, like, it affected the whole way, like, I looked at things and acted accordingly. I was like, fuck, I'm never going to see these people again. Who gives a shit? But relationships matter. Yeah. The people matter, dude. They do. They really do. EJ Brooks. All right, dude. Well, it's been an hour, bro. That's been great, man. Dude, it flew by. Yeah. This has been an excellent conversation. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you, dude, man. Just let the folks know um, how they can check you out or if there's anything you want to plug, promo sponsors or anything like that, man. The floor is yours, dude. Um, okay. Uh, I guess sponsors. I'll go uh so zero crowd there who make a sandwich. You know, yep. she's always hooking me up. She's the jam. Had her on the podcast recently. Yeah. You know. GM St. Charles MMA, actually work out the his squad too, my uh, boxing coach Moses, uh, Team Rocky Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Koki Wrestling, uh, Grand City Wrestling too, and like I said, the Lions Den, you know, Tanks Trainers Facility, and uh, I guess you can follow me on all my social media, Facebook, uh, fan page, EJ Brooks MMA, and... All my other handles are ejizzle one four nine. You keep that. <laughs> yeah, it's been that way since eighth grade. So whatever. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. Might as well, and I'll put those in the show notes so people can get a hold of you. Cool, cool. Good stuff, man. Hey, dude, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. All right, dude. Everybody, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. I hope you got value out of that podcast. We talked about some crazy shit there, and uh, I'm not always right in the things that I say. I understand that. You know, and things are nuanced, but we're learning, we're growing, and it's okay if you got some things to say, you know, change my mind. I'm, I'm open. I, I have no problem saying I'm wrong, but, you know, shit, we all got opinions. If you are getting value out of the podcast, though, tell a friend. Help us grow this thing. Leave an honest rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. If you're, on a, if you're listening on another platform, whatever it is you got to do over there, comment, like you know share the podcast please but bring us one friend also go check out youtube we have been growing that channel and we have been increasing the content we put on there and just improving the content we put on there and we have an amazing video experience so go over to youtube and check us out there as well always you know big thank you to convergence media group couldn't be more excited to have partnered with them we're taking things to the next level if you would also like to work with convergence media group you can go to convergencemg.com or you can check them out on convergence mg on their socials they work with all industries what they will help you do is increase your brand awareness they'll help you with content creation they'll help you with strategy they'll help you figure out what you need to do to grow your brand and presence. So go check them out, convergencemg.com. That is all I have for you guys this week or this episode. I, don't, I can't remember what they're releasing. This. Uh, I record these before we release them. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. Either way, I will see you guys next time. I love you. Bye. Mwah. <laughs>